Are we good? Okay. Hello, this is Doctor Barbara Kiel. Actually, a lot of my clients prefer to call me Doctor Bibi, and I quite like it, to be honest, because I think there is a ring to it, Doctor Bibi. Don't you think? Anyways, you are listening to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast which will show you how easy it is to be honest. What? You don't believe me? Well, stick around, and me and my co-host will show you exactly how it's done. Hello, everyone. This is Doctor Bibi. Now let us set the energy. Of this episode together, you may wish to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes, unless, of course, if you are driving or operating heavy machinery. Now let your thoughts go. Let your past go. Take a moment. To plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe, and all is well. And so it is. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. So, hi everyone. Today I have a special episode for you, and my co-host Emily Barnard will be taking a break. I have invited two good friends of mine, whom I have met when I was still running my own private practice in Shanghai, China. And now that I am back home in Australia, they are still based in Shanghai. The reason why I wanted to have a chat with them about their personal experience of the COVID nineteen lockdown in Shanghai, China. So I hope my audience, after listening to their experience, they will have a wider perspective on the topic, and. To know that we are actually more connected with each other than we wish to admit. So, kick off your shoes, relax, and enjoy this episode. So, hello, ladies. Thank you for agreeing to come on my podcast. To be honest, and today we are going to talk about COVID nineteen as you experienced it in Shanghai, China. So obviously, COVID has hit us globally, and now that in Australia, I believe that we are experiencing or cultivating a new normal, almost. So I am interested to know your personal experiences of the first lockdown in Shanghai, China, or, or whether you were in Shanghai during that period of time. 
uh, how long did the lockdown last? Um, were people fighting for toilet paper like we did in Australia or Canada? Um, did you get much news about your own home country, etc., etc.? So whatever you may wish to share, ladies, it will be great. So without further ado, let us go by alphabetical order of your last name. So Kathy, uh, would you like to go first? So thank you, thank you, Dr. Bibi, for invi inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. Um, so my, my name is Kathy Hanna. I've been living in Shanghai over 20 years. So came you know years ago to work and have stayed ever since. Um, I'm from the U.S., uh, from a small state called Maine, where we thought we would have no COVID cases, but we, it traveled very quickly soon after even we found out about it here. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because it seems like, you know, 20 years ago, and yet it feels like yesterday. So lockdown, it's kind of interesting because I was not really... Different places had different experiences. So in December, you, we didn't hear too much about it. January, didn't hear too much about it, business as normal. And the first time I realized something was very serious was yeah. Chinese New Year's Eve. Really? Which I think was January 29th, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And suddenly in the midst of a kind of family, local family dinner, my friend turns to me and says, you have to leave and you can't come back. <laughs> she had just gotten the news through the, I guess, through WeChat or whatever, that there was a serious virus going around. So Sorry, so you're foreign Chinese, Chinese nationals. Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah, They're right. So I've been to their home for Chinese New Year I, for every year, practically, for the last 20 years. Yeah. So I was a little bit shocked, you know, and suddenly it's sort of like, you can come back. And I didn't actually end up going back to their home until probably May. Mm. So, and that was a bit when the so quote-unquote lockdown started. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I just want my audience to know that both of you know each other as well. Okay. So we are really talking amongst <laughs> friends. How about you, um, Francis? Would you like to uh, say hello to my audience? So I'm Francis O'Rourke. Um, I am from New Zealand. I have been living in Shanghai now for coming up 16 years. I've been working here uh, in different roles. My current role is as a general manager for a company and we source product from China and export overseas. COVID. So, COVID <laughs> was uh, really interesting. I heard about it a little earlier than Kathy, um, it was, but it wasn't much early, maybe a few days. And what I saw happen was that uh, they started around the middle of January to say, oh, there's the virus. And I went, oh, okay, there's a virus. Well, what does that mean? And, and then they said, oh, it's very serious. We might lock down Wuhan from the 23rd of January. So when I heard that, I the day that I started wearing a mask mm. on the subway. Really? And on that day I looked around and there was like 30% of people were wearing masks already. And, but by two days later, 99% of people 
had a mask on, not only on the subway, but on the streets. And we did not wait for the government to tell us that. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, was it because they waited for the government because the government said that, yeah, everybody has to wear a mask, but they didn't, right? They took initiative and they wore masks themselves. I'd say in the main, people started to do it. And very quickly after that, the government started advocating masks. So Mm. every time you went uh, on the subway, there was uh, videos already started playing about how to put the mask on, how to wear it properly, and how to wash your hands, like 20 20 seconds minimum washing hands. It started super quickly after that. And then came the announcements, please stay home. Mm. Don't travel. Um, One person out. So technically, Shanghai never went into an enforced lockdown like Wuhan did. But there was requests for people to stay home. There was requests for only one person per household to go out to do shopping. My compound, the back gate was locked and stayed locked for several months. We had little cards that we could go in and out the gate with. Uh, So that, that started happening sort of as soon as Chinese New Year Eve dinner was done and people went came to their senses and Wuhan was really frightening for everybody, all of these restrictions came in on movements, on cafes. Um, so we had probably a few days of grace. Mm. And I remember I was having coffee with a friend and I had just taken off my mask and we were sitting outside at this cafe still operating and we took off our mask and we drank our coffee. And my photo got taken as part of a group of people sitting at this cafe. And the Chinese person who posted it was outraged that we were all sitting outside. Um, some of us didn't have masks on while people were dying in their beds. That was the quote. Mm, I remember that quote. And it was not very pleasant. Yeah, what was it? Can you yeah. translate it? Into Chinese? No, I, I cannot. I, I don't know if I kept the photo, but that's what they said. So okay. I don't know if Kathy remember the Chinese. I've kept that po- po- picture somewhere. But that, I yeah, now that you remember, because the it's interesting, my memory gets a little bit vague. So I do remember the big hot pot event in Wuhan and the doctor getting criticized and then the, the virus was coming out. But it's interesting because... Like during the Chinese New Year, everyone was asked or really required to stay home. Mm. And a lot of things started coming out. But in my, and I remember a rush, there was a rush on buying things. So buying hand sanitizer, masks, there were literally no masks available for purchase anywhere. It sold out, I would say, within a couple hours. How about toilet paper? No, no, I don't remember anybody talking about toilet paper. It was masks, 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 and sanitizer. Really? Isn't that interesting? I mean, in Canada, in Australia, it's all about toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that kind of is. You know, I know it's funny. In my complex, like the management team kind of stayed home themselves, and the local, like the gate wasn't locked down until after the, quite a bit later. So I could come and go. And when the management team came back to work, suddenly we had we had cards and you had to register to go in it. But it was not as strict as some other districts, so it, it mattered. But you couldn't have people come over. Deliveries had to be delivered to the gate. They couldn't come into the lane or into the building. 
Um, so I got a lot of, you get a lot more exercise walking out and back to the ends. We only have one gate in, but there were um, a lot of reports of people trying to crash the gate and being criticized on, online or people, some small towns blocking people even coming in. When people were trying to come back to Shanghai, if they had gone on holiday, oh, okay. um, only Shanghainese were allowed back in. They were taking, even on all the highways, there were, each car was inspected. Um, so people weren't sure if they could come back in or not. So it was... It was an interesting time, but it was also, you know, this whole city was empty. Every street was completely empty. We would go, just go for a walk. You could walk down the middle of a highway and be the only one. Wow, that would be a rare sight in China. So what is with the toilet paper? Maybe why Chinese nationals are not interested in buying or fighting for toilet paper? Yeah, so I know when later on when COVID uh, really started to strike out. So Chinese people were rather bemused when they saw the reports on uh, television of uh, toilet paper selling out. Uh, because here they thought it's better to have a fridge full of food and worry about the toilet paper <laughs> later. <laughs> We're talking about differences of culture, isn't it? Well, I just don't think anyone really seriously thought here that toilet paper was the was going to be an issue. No. Um, <laughs> but did you, but did you was, ladies see it on TV? You know, the other countries are fighting for toilet paper? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, for me, it was stupid. I mean, <laughs> masks, yeah. sanitizer, soap, food, yes. But even then, you know, developed country supply chains, uh, you know, if people don't have stampedes and rush to get things, they can get it. What exactly. the Chinese government did do, which was excellent, was they stopped any price gouging immediately, made it mm. a criminal offence to do price gouging to raise, raise prices of fresh food or vegetables. And they yep. made sure that fresh food and vegetables were available to everybody through the wet market and, and supermarket system, mm. which was very smart of them because otherwise there may have been uh, a wreck and it could have been very nasty. Mm. So That's is a it, good point. So is it mainly the local government got their act together or it comes from the top, like from Beijing? Oh, it was top down. Okay. Uh, once they... I'd say once they got their act together, but once they truly uh, realised everything that they hadn't done properly about COVID, once they really, they locked down Wuhan, they took that step, it was top down. And, you know, basically the government came out, and this is not a direct quote, but the vice premier said, anyone who doesn't follow the protocols and allows this to... Uh, this virus to escape will be, you know, will forever have to hang their head in shame. Oh yeah! Wow! Mm. Right, yeah. and so that was a that was right from the top. That you know, do not let this grow any bigger. Do what you mm. must do. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, and even even the premier is like it became a very. 
sort of key, his success and the success of COVID are one, anti-COVID, one and the same, for sure. Mm. So people, but I would say, you know, Shanghai, different government, different cities manage in a different way. So in Shanghai, I would say exceptionally well-managed, very clear, you know, they for masks had sold out as i mentioned so they bet, went on allocation and through the local sort of sub district street um, health unit so you everyone was allocated a certain number of masks mm. and you could go to get those so that it wasn't you know one guy hoarded them and could could sell them and other people didn't have them so it's sort of done on a more equitable basis there was one woman i remember who was arrested and prosecuted like in a day for hoarding um, and trying to resell hand sanitizer. And that stopped that. Yeah, some of them, I think they managed to do that here. God knows. But anyways, we are not yeah. going to spend um, time on that. So we only have five more minutes, ladies. Uh, so I want maybe Francis first to mention some of the emotions that you went through when you're going through lockdown. Uh, so, to be honest, mm. at first I was like everybody else. I felt, oh, it, surely it's not that bad. It's a flu. If we do what we normally do, wash our hands, wear a mask, keep away, it should be okay. Mm. And then as more, uh, we got to learn more about it, then we got more education about what is this and the fact that we have no immunity to it. It's not just me. I could have symptoms or not have symptoms and pass it on to someone who could die. Yep. And so that was, you know, I went from like, oh, it should be okay. Learning and knowledge grew. And I was like, well, this is not okay, obviously. And so it was, uh, I decided not to go home. I was supposed to go home to Australia and New Zealand in February. And there was a new baby in the family, as well as family and friends worrying about China. And I decided not to go home. I cancelled my flights and just didn't go. Two things. I felt as the leader here in this organisation, I should be here with my team. Mm. Uh, secondly, I didn't want to have even the slightest risk of taking any disease back to a new family and also my nieces uh, immunised or uh, compromised mm. with lupus. So I think it's very, you have to sort of go, well, I'm not going to do that. And so that was sad. I felt sad and I still feel sad and I miss people. So it's, it's you know, it's been like watching people being crazy and not pay, take precautions and pay attention to the welfare of society as, as a whole has been concerning. Mm. Uh, I have, yeah, as I said, I've really missed people. And yeah. so those relationships have become, and I can't wait to go home and see everybody. Yeah, understandable. So thank you for sharing, Francis. So last and definitely not least, Kathy. <laughs> yeah, and I, lo I love the name of the show, To Be Honest. So yes, To Be Honest, the emotional range it's really interesting. So at first, because I had gone through SARS in Hong Kong way back mm. when, so I wasn't yeah. that, what I saw that was taking place he, this time around versus that time around, I got quite a bit of confidence because that time around, it, the, 
you know, the lessons were learned and it was very, very well organized. So my concern was much more at home. And I thought, I'm a, from a small town. So I thought, oh, thank God, I'm from a small town. It's not going to get there. Right. And within four, four weeks in February, there was a case in my town where my mom is a nurse in a, in a hospital. So I got very worried and spent a lot of time just sourcing masks and sending them home because, again, swift, quickly it moved out. And there are, again, the raids on masks and the messaging just not very well well done i would say in the u.s so it's i go from anger to sadness to frustration to anger and it depends on you know which month i asked my husband to just wait a few weeks and see what happens before coming back after chinese new year he's still there so it's lonely and then so some some days or months are better than others and now the cases of course are are crazy again so it's concerning but on the other hand, it was really a nice sense of community here because people really, we supported one another, we spent time with one another, we you know, helped one another. And it was really nice and it showed the importance of friends and community as well, which was a nice reminder, even though it's a bad situation. Mm, definitely. So in that sense, and so as we get back to normal, people are getting yeah. busier. And some of that can go away a little bit. So it's too bad in a way to lose that. Hmm. So did your Chinese national friends invite you back to their home? <laughs> Every, you know, different people have a different, different approach. So finally, yes. So in May or June, I think was the first time when the kind of the government had said, we're all safe now, we've kind of eradicated and the only cases are foreign, foreign cases coming in, right? So mm. we're, all, we're all good. So kind of follow the official line. So it depends a little bit on the people, but generally, you know, I would say 80% of the people follow what the government is saying. And in this case, you know, you do feel like the government cares and they are doing something about it. So that's a good thing. Yeah, so all in all, well, I'm glad that, you know, because it's such a huge country, isn't it? Could you imagine? I mean, it's just like your country in the U.S., right? Right now, um, let's not even go there because I have to wrap up my episode because we could <laughs> open a can of worms, isn't it? Uh, but anyways, uh, thank you, ladies. It has been a pleasure. I wish we could have more time um, to talk further. Maybe another time we could talk about another topic. Meanwhile, sure. um, are you both looking after each other, supporting each other during these difficult times? I'm sure you are, right? Yes. We, we spent a lot of time together during the, the lockdown period, and so, so it's nice. Yes, I, I've got evidence. Yeah. I've got a photograph. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, on that note, thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Francis, uh, for being my guest again. And thank you very much. Thank you. Stay safe. You too.
can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-A-K-I-A-O.com.